0: Welcome back. We have a great show for you guys today. We always try to have a great show for you. First of all, I want to um, announce that in case you were not aware of it, and we've been announcing this for the past couple months, but we will be in Hawaii, um, and we'll be doing a mastermind for Elite Pacific uh, Real Estate. It's going to be a really uh, great event. They're going to have 300-plus agents there. All of you are invited um, the information for the event is going to be emailed to you again. We've already emailed it to you, I think, two or three times. And we're also posting information on our main website, timandjulieharris.com. And, Julie, what day, our, what day is the event? Do you remember? I guess I can peek over on the website, can't I? It's the
1: 14th or 15th Do you remember? of December. <clears throat> I have to look at yeah, Let, let which me it take is. a
0: quick look. Yeah, You know, yeah. I can click on one of our ads about that. Yeah, it's the 13th there and you the go. 14th. Yeah, it's okay. in Honolulu. So a lot of you guys are looking for a way to end the year in a uh, celebratory way or, and maybe have a, you know, Julie and I always just like to use the analogy of imagine if you were sitting on a beach <laughs> or you were looking back and you were remembering the things that you were most proud of having accomplished for the last 12 months. And, yes, Julie and I both have colds, such is the way we do what we don't want to do and we don't want to do it at the highest level. Yes. So the listeners just put up with our slightly raspy sounding voices. That's the way it goes. But in any event, yes, yeah, so now you actually have the opportunity uh, to be sitting on that beach literally with Julie and I looking back your past twelve months and then uh making a list of the things you're most proud of and then thinking about your next twelve months and thinking about the things you want to be most proud of. So that is going to be taking place in Hawaii. Um we're gonna be uh, emailing you invitations, all that good stuff. Make sure you can attend, especially for all of our um I think we have hundreds of uh coaching clients in the uh, you know in Hawaii and, and thereabouts, so definitely consider attending. Yes, it's no gonna be a great for event. Them. No excuse. Well, I mean, there are excuses. They have to get on the one little plane and fly to Honolulu oh, if they're not living on the, the same hardship island. Hardship is killing me. Yes, they're they're air taxis, but they're all used to that. All right, so Julie, I sent you an email this morning. I don't know if you had a chance to grab it or we can read it uh, tomorrow. It's actually a follow up from Stephanie. It's kind I of a this funny is email. I from
1: Stephanie. But it, yes, I have it queued up right here.
0: Yes. Okay. So if you, so last week, guys, and we shared this on our website too, we read, I love the emails where people actually take time and you could tell they actually thought about what they were going to say and kind of did their before and after stories. Those are the most interesting for us to read because we can tell you guys have been contemplative and introspective about your experience, about why you maybe have been struggling unnecessarily in real estate. Um, and Stephanie's email last week, we won't read it to you, or maybe it was the week before, we won't read it to you. Again, go back to timandjulieharris.com and read it. But this is a follow-up. So, Julie, go ahead.
1: You got it. Excuse me again. So uh, again, this is from Stephanie who writes, Hi, guys. I feel so honored that you used my email in today's podcast. Well, we're doing it again. Here you go. I've always felt so lost and misunderstood, but it sounds like I am not alone. If my email can somehow help you help other struggling agents, that makes me so incredibly happy. Yes, I most certainly am leading my business with the intent to serve my clients instead of trying to push my knowledge and experience on them. I've always looked out for what's best for my clients, but I was doing it all wrong. There's a better way. Basically, it's talking with people with the intent to listen, not to be anxiously waiting on my reply and trying to find something in common with them so they'll like me. Trying to find something in common with people, like talking about myself when they say something I can relate to, instead of listening and trying to help them with their own situation isn't doing them any favors. There's a lot. I mean, that's a very significant thing that she just said, so we'll circle back to that in a second. I'm all set up for my... (coughs) excuse me, for my coaching call tomorrow, and I'm ready and excited to get to work. I honestly can't thank you enough. One more thing. Sorry, I have the gift of gab. This morning, (laughs) you guys will love this. This morning I received a phone call from some company that is looking for me to, quote, partner with them for lead generation. But I politely said, oh, well, thanks anyway. I generate my own leads. And she had nothing more to say and said, okay, have a great day. She gave it up a lot easier than I expected. So another great email from Stephanie. Back to you, Tim.
0: Well, there's a lot of people having those very same experiences, and I I always remind you guys. And this is kind of you know irony alert because it does. I mean, it just makes me laugh to say this out loud because it just almost seems like it's a punchline to a joke. But so here are all these companies that are calling you, calling you to try to sell you their online leads. Uh, you guys get the irony in that. So they're trying to sell you. They're trying to do uh, sell you uh, online leads by calling you. In other words. You're too fill in the fill fill in the blank word scared, lazy, fearful. um, You know you have all these all this head junk about actually picking up the phone to uh, generate your own business, unlike Stephanie. And yet the people selling you the leads are generating their sales not by online lead generation by social selling, but by calling you. Do you guys see the irony? The companies selling you the leads know that online lead generation sucks, so they have to pick up the phone. <laughs> right. If it
1: worked, why are you calling me? That's what we should train them to say, right? If online lead generation works, why are you calling me?
0: See if they have I an know, objection here. It's so funny. They, they don't generate their leads. Um, you know, they're, they're so – you guys get it? I mean, I don't have to explain it any more than that. The cold medicine is fogging my brain a little bit today. Okay. But it is kind of crazy how uh, just – counterintuitive it ironic. is you know zero calling you and trying to sell you some geographic area for you to be a premier agent and it only cost you three thousand dollars a month and pressure 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 where they're going to sell it to somebody else and yet all the leads they're generating are online so if their online lead quality was that great why are they calling you if they knew how to generate quality online leads wouldn't you have been responding to one of their online ads and filling out a form and going through all the Mickey Mouse like they put the hypothetical leads through that they're selling to you, or is it because they actually know that the leads that they sell aren't as good as the leads you get from actually picking up the phone? You guys get it. So look, we're going to be talking about something today and probably tomorrow because Julie and I have a hard time making one show, <laughs> making uh, not making two shows out of one. But here's something what we're working on for, um, actually, it's probably for a new product, not a, you know, it's a free product, like a freemium type thing, because there's a big sort of like blood feud that's happening, not just in real estate, but overall industries involve direct selling. And it's social selling versus prospecting. A lot of times the word prospecting is interchanged with the word direct selling or, you know, cold calling or just all these different words. But really, at the end of the day, it's passive versus proactive selling. And so what we're going to do is we're going to talk to you guys uh, today and tomorrow about 12 simple but effective prospecting rules. But before we get into that, I want you to think about a couple things. And I, and I have to always remind myself that virtually all of you listening have not been selling as a career, let alone selling real estate as a career. Most of you listening, statistically, over 80% of you listening are new to the business By and when I mean new, I mean in the business less than five years. Um, and again, I share this stat, we just learned this recently, and I can't get it out of my head because it's so amazing, that in five years, 80% of all the homes sold in five years will be sold by people who do not yet have real estate licenses. In other words, in five years, basically, you know, 80% of all homes sold will be people who you know, from today forward decide to get into real estate. That's how much turn we have in the real estate industry. And the reason we have that much churn in the real estate industry, in my opinion, isn't because it's a hard business, because it's not. is isn't because it's expensive to get into, because it's not. is isn't because there's not a ton of information out there, because there is, but a lot of the information out there is not really designed to produce the one thing for you that you need more than anything, which is profit. So a lot of the things that you guys are learning will generate transactions, but won't generate profit. For example, somebody calling you up, you know, if you're, Most agents are on some kind of brokerage, on split of some variety, 80-20, 90-10, you know, so you have expense there. Then you have transactional expense. Then you have business expense, and then you have taxes, and then you have maybe a referral fee. Maybe then you have all these other expenses. But agents, when they do a transaction, they don't think in terms of what my net paycheck is. They don't think what their net is. And that's what you pay your bills on. That's what you actually save uh, money with. That's what you go on vacation with. You know, That's what you do the whole living thing with, right? Is what the net profit that you earn from your real estate transactions. But the industry focuses on gross transactions or gross revenue. We are the only ones, as far as I know, that ever talk about profit. Matter of fact, I'll go as far as to say, and I've been thinking a lot about this lately too, because, again, I you know, get emails from you guys constantly. And so many of you are sending emails this time of year saying, I sold 20 houses last year, and you know I made you know whatever you made, 200,000, 500,000, whatever market you're in. But I wanted to increase this year to you know 30 houses, and I feel like a failure. And then I'll email back and I'll say, well, why? Why did you want to increase? Well, because 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 I'm supposed to increase because business is always supposed to. Okay, well why? Why is that true? And then there's no answer. Oh, I see. So you never actually thought about this. So in other words, let's think about the, let's put let's turn this around. If you can um, you know, save money, if you can have a great lifestyle, if you can do all the things you need to do financially, and you can sell 12 houses a year or 20 houses a year or five houses a year, depending on your price point, right? why do you need to increase every year? You don't need to put that pressure on yourself to increase every year. That's not necessary. You don't know, there's no rule that says you have to just naturally progress and go from you to you and assistant, to you and three assistants, to you and a team. Who cares if you don't grow larger? It doesn't matter because here's the irony of it, guys. The larger uh, real estate practice or really any business gets, the smaller the margin gets. In other words, the smaller the net profit gets. Many of you, are, well, all of you are going to be better off if it was just you and maybe three assistants, You know, a, a, like a transaction coordinator, someone to be a runner, someone to, be your, to handle your sellers, If you just had three assistants and you kept your margins, your own personal margins, at 60 to 70%, which you can do on that model, you're going to be way better off in the long run, even if you don't ever become the number one agent in your office. Because your probably net margins, the amount of money you're making, is probably larger, not just on a percentage basis, but on a real basis, than the top producer in in the office that's selling hundreds of homes per year. That's the thing the industry doesn't tell you is that this is not a tr- selling real estate is not scalable in the traditional sense. It's not. People say it is, but it's not. Because what happens you as um, you increase transactions, your cost per transaction goes up because your staff in- expense to generate those transactions goes up, which means your net margins go down. In a scalable business, it's the exact opposite. So real estate, most service businesses are not scalable. Matter of fact, I can't think of one that is. Look, I've gotten off off into the wonkish side of business, and maybe I'm boring you guys. But here's really what the bottom line is, and I want you to focus on what I'm saying because it's really important because you're going to base all future lead generation uh, decisions on this information. You have a choice in life, but in real estate in particular, to either be what we call a social seller or a direct seller. And and you know we teach and what we teach, what we focus on is social-enhanced direct contact, or if you want to put it a different way, marketing-enhanced direct prospecting. That's an old way of saying it. The main element to what Julie and I ask you guys to do is do direct contacts. Direct contacts means in-person. Direct contacts means over the phone. Now, why? Because when you do direct contact, even if you're not a great salesperson, you're going to have higher levels of success, because you will intuitively be able to, your subconscious mind is going to be able to uh, interpret what their their nonverbal cues better than you ever will through an email. And some people, most people, suck at communicating digitally. They're too direct. They're not descriptive enough. You can never get, you know, a like on a Facebook page is never going to be as good as a conversation um, at a social event. Ever. It's never going to be as good as picking up the phone. So the big thing that a lot of people getting into the business nowadays have been lied to about and are believing is that you never have to do the direct contact and you can just do the social aspect of it. In other words, I know our major competitors are trying to lead you guys down this primrose path of believing that you can direct mail, brand, and social network your way to success. You probably can do transactions off that. I'm I'm sure you can. But they're not going to be profitable transactions, and here's the worst part of it. One of the key elements of any successful business is being able to have a resemblance of control of your business. So if you know that every single day through the sweat of your own brow and your own skill set and doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do at the highest level, I just gave you a bunch of little, you know, bitter bitter sweet pills that all of you have to swallow right there with those three points. If you're serious about being successful in any business, you have to do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do at the highest level. But when you start – Every single day, what we train you guys to do is wake up with confidence knowing that you can set a pre-qualified listing appointment every single day. And we show you how to do it. It's not witchcraft. It's work. It's not any sort of you know, special secret Facebook you know, algorithm or knowing how to Snapchat or any of this other crap. It's work. But we do want you to consider doing the social stuff to enhance the direct prospecting that you're doing. You can't do one or the other. Well, actually, that's not true. You can just do the direct prospecting and never do the social stuff and, just be, and be just fine. The social stuff enhances the direct prospecting by probably 10 or 15%. But the direct prospecting by itself is really all you ever really need to do to be successful in business. It's really all you ever need to do to be successful in anything is learning how to have direct one-on-one communications with people. And that's the thing that nobody's teaching nowadays because it requires skill. It requires you guys getting over a lot of head junk. It requires you guys being willing to handle uh, rejection occasionally, though it happens a lot rarer than you actually think. It's all those things. You know, you have to look nice. You have to, just all the things that are necessary for you to be successful, that's what we ask you guys to consider doing. And realize that the social selling that has been the trend for really the past probably 10 years, it's running its course. People have woken up to the fact that social selling is essentially just, it's just a trendy thing. It never really worked. People know it doesn't work and there's fundamental reasons why I gave you guys a few of them. The biggest ones being that it's, it's frankly, everyone's doing it. That's number one. Number two is that it's over. There's too many people doing it to the point where nobody pays attention to it anymore. It's oversaturated. That's number two. Number three is that, When you direct contact somebody over the phone or in person, you're going to be able to, even as an inexperienced salesperson, you're going to be able to read the person at a lot higher level than them, you, so you have a lot higher chance of making an actual contact with somebody. Think about it, guys. If you were in the market today to hire a roofer, And you ran into a roofer at Starbucks you'd never met before, but the guy was nice. And, you know, you guys, whatever, he had some common things. You chatted up a while. Then, you know, he gives you a roofing card and turns out you need a roofer. I mean, you're sold, aren't you? You're not going to go online and respond to a social ad or worry about some stupid Yelp review. You've already hired the guy because you know him and you met him and you liked him. The same thing works for you. And yet you guys hide behind your keyboards thinking that somehow you will never have to do the real work of life. That's not true. It's like thinking you can lose weight by never going to the gym and cutting the carbs. So at the end of the day, what you have to realize is another thing is as a majority of the decision makers right now, the people who own um, a vast majority of the real estate in the country are Julie and I's age, well probably Julie and I's age minus 10 years and older. And our, so we're Generation X, but even the leading, the oldest edge of the of um, the Millennials, they're going to be more inclined, and we're certainly more inclined to be responsive to direct communication than social. I don't even check if you look when you send us a Facebook chat or anything so those things. That that goes to our customer service. People and 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 the point is, is that people our age and younger by probably 10 years who are the decision makers right now, who are doing most of the transactions right now, who are making most of the money in the economy right now just because of the nature of when people make their peak income, it's generally between 45 and 55 or something like that. So when you're focusing on that group, or, or naturally you'll be focusing on that group if you're selling real estate, even if it's not your target, even if you think you're going to just do millennials, you're not. You're going to end up doing, working with everybody in all age groups if you expect to sell any number of houses. That is just how it works. But when you look to see how that group of people like to make decisions and like to choose who they're going to work with, it's direct communication. It's not social. It's not. So until that changes, which it might in 20 years, but most of you won't care then anyway, until that changes and we have implants in our heads, it's like some sort of science fiction movie, you better get good at picking up the phone and having direct contact. And remember, the social out there is experimental at best. That's the reason it's so trendy. That's the reason one day it's, oh, you know, Facebook's changing their algorithm, and now you have to figure out how to, you know, this or the other thing. Or, oh, look, it's crazy cat videos that people are clicking on. So you better do a crazy cat video. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Just remember, the guys trying to sell you those leads are calling you to sell those leads because they know the direct contact is better than anything else. And the world is definitely migrating back to direct contact. Everybody, when you're going out to buy a product, have you noticed that uh, companies in general, large and small, are starting to put direct contact back in the front lines of their sales funnel opposed to, you know, hidden somewhere back in the shadows where you can barely find their phone number. Even Amazon is doing it that way. So I hope fundamentally this is conceptually at least making sense. Julie and I are going to put some more thought to this so we can kind of plead our case, and we're going to show you how the real way to build a successful long-term sales business, which is what all of you guys do, is going to have a direct contact. You can replace that phrase with, you know, Prospecting or cold calling, whatever phraseology you want to use, but direct contact has to be your focus of your business. And then all the social stuff is optional, uh, but understand that all it's really it's only truest purpose is to enhance the direct contacts. Does that make sense, Julie?
1: Yeah, it it should be in support of, rather than there being looked at as an actual lead generator. And I think that's an important distinction for these guys. You know, um, we've we've read quite a few emails that basically got down to that where, you know, I've been doing all this. I've been tweaking that. I've been boosting my ads and, you know, all, all for naught. Why is that? Well, it, it's because that's just like the uh, – they used to call that the shotgun approach, you know, just basically spray all of your marketing out there and see what sticks. And, it, well, but you know, Jillian, to you your just point, said, you said if it worked. You just said
0: something that's called. important. When you yeah. and I got in the business, okay, back in the 90s, none of the social stuff was around because the Internet wasn't around, Okay. But what happened, right. And so back then, guys, and people are still doing it, it was marketing versus prospecting. That was the blood feud, right? Yes. So you had people that would uh, do just shit tons of print advertising, postcards, and they'd just do just ridiculous. I remember um, from our Howard Britton days, it was almost like a Cold War to see who was going to spend the most money to generate business. And these guys would send out dry erase boards. They would send out um, magazines. Magna- they would send out just re- – Magnets, just an insane. And if any of you have been in the business that long, you know what I'm talking about. And it was like almost like a. Um, it was, agents would brag about how much money they were spending, and it would make them feel their egos would just get all puffed up. We used to go to these Howard Britain events, and there would be people who would bring um, sort of a display of all the marketing crap that they had produced. In it was some of it beautiful, but it was also insanely expensive, and so they didn't really make any net profit. So then what happened is the Internet came around, and all the marketing stuff, it's still there. But now people are spending a shit ton of money on digital uh, lead generation. The, and the digital lead generation and the marketing are, are both in the same bucket. They're just passive activities. They're hoping and praying that someone's going to respond to your ad. That's at the end of the day the essence of why that stuff can never be the leading edge of your business. If you're hoping and praying that your phone's going to ring or you're going to get an email, you, it, it, it's going to drive you nuts because there are going to be days and weeks and sometimes month, months where you're not getting any new leads, and you've pinned all of your hopes and prayers on this passive marketing activity. You cannot build a business that way, guys, because you will go broke. Um, it, it just as common sense, and those of you who have been in the business for a long time, you know what I'm talking about. It's either happened to you or it's happened to people that you know. That's the reason you have to lead with direct prospecting. You have to lead with direct lead generation, with your efforts equaling your results. And then if you choose to spend money on the other stuff, which frankly you probably shouldn't ever at all, how about that, but if you choose to, then those things are going to enhance the um, work you're doing when you're direct contacting. That's the hard part for a lot of people to understand. Julie, when you have conversations with, let's just be honest, mostly millennials about this, and they don't get the right. fact that they actually have to prospect. How do you help them work their minds around the fact that prospecting is not some sort of insidious evil thing to do?
1: Well, I mean, it's it's funny. Yes, millennials are are probably the worst about this because they don't see that correlation that the social has just replaced the spray postcard and pray to the real estate gods that somebody's going to be ready. But I, you know, you asked how do I help them deal with this and, and come to terms with the fact that prospecting is indeed your number one job not just in real estate, but running any business that is dependent on bringing leads in, it just makes sense. I have a very logical way to come to it, being that I'm you know, more analytically minded, which is this. If you have you know, a thousand postcards, yeah, maybe you're going to luck out on the day that I get it. Maybe, maybe I feel like moving and maybe I don't already know somebody. <laughs> you know, There's that element too that I'm probably, even though I got your postcard, I probably already know another agent, center of influence type of stuff, but versus just looking at people who already have their hands up, I don't actually have to contact a thousand of them. I might only, and it's so funny to see this on our Facebook page. We have so many examples of this. I can't believe I only talked to three expired today and I set two appointments and the other one's going to call me when they're ready. Three people. Why? Because all three actually need you today. And this is why you always hear about what we, what you call the low-hanging fruit, right? People who are ready today, that's expired for sale-by-owners, probate, you know, the logical leads. So I look at it just from a number standpoint, and it, it's not just the social stuff, it's things like just listed and just sold calls, because those are conflict-free, it's a public service announcement, and you can burn through a hundred contacts pretty Wait, quickly. But, you, but why would you, you do just, that to you yourself? Just
0: touch, <laughs> you just touched on something, it's really important that they understand this. So you guys got to really think logically about what we're saying. You have, with Julie and I, what we're asking you to do is we're asking you to learn a skill that is portable that you can have with you forever that does not leave you dependent on us, okay? Once you learn this skill, it's yours to do with as you will. Once you learn from us how to build your profitable business, it's yours to do with as you will, our competitors do not want to sell you a product like that. They want to sell you a product that leaves you dependent. They want to sell you a product. Please write this down, Julie, because I need to make it part of our notes for tomorrow. Mm-hmm.
1: They want to okay. sell
0: you a product that makes it so you never have the ability to be independent of them. They want to have a, 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 a you be dependent on them to buy leads. You be dependent on them for their drip campaigns and for their CRMs. The whole entire industry... Has been co-opted by people who want to squeeze you for recurring income because you are dependent on them because you've never learned how to do your own, create your own skill set. That's the biggest difference at the essence of why people are flocking to us because they're realizing what we're trying to sell, and we are selling coaching. We're salespeople. We they're realizing that what we're selling is something that's going to give them independence, not make them more dependent. You guys have got to stop subscribing, prescribing, believing that somebody else is ever going to take care of you. Nobody else ever will. You have to do it yourself. You're going to have to learn how to make money, build a business that people want to do business with. You're going to have to do all that stuff ultimately on your own. You cannot depend on some other third-party company because most of the third-party companies that are selling you this recurring stuff that you guys are prescribing to, they're winging it. They don't know what the hell they're doing either. Predictive marketing for real estate guys, really? Companies that develop this bullshit algorithm to somehow predict what owners in the neighborhood are going to be selling one day? Hey, I already got that. Really? You know what it
1: is? What expired today?
0: Yeah, exactly. There you go. Who put a percent sale my owners side of the yard?
1: And where, I didn't even they charge listed? for that where predictive th- marketing.
0: <laughs> See, that's the thing, what Julie just said. Are you guys listening? So they can't make money off selling what we're selling what we're educating you guys, selling you into coaching so you can learn how to basically go about it your own. We're teaching you to be independent. They want you to be dependent. They can't tell you what we're telling you because that'll make it so they'll never want to buy what they're selling. That's the reason all of our companies want all of our competitors want to lock you guys in to some, you know, multiple technical technology relationships that require a ongoing dependency-based, you know, relationship that if you stop paying them, you're going to lose something. That doesn't work. That's not how real ethical and in my opinion honest that's not how coaching should work. A coach should make you better. And with those skills, you need to go out and build on those skills. When we teach you the fundamentals of how to run your business, the fundamentals how to, you know, basically get rich where your money works so you no longer work for your money. We don't want you to stop there. We want you to then take that information and go and make your life better, your family's life better, your grandchildren's life better, your community's life better. That's the way real businesses are supposed to operate, in my opinion. You know, at least in our industry, that's the way it's supposed to be. Isn't that what an educator is supposed to do? Isn't that what it's supposed to, not just sell you stuff to make you dependent forever. Isn't that some other kind of something or another that, like a cult or, I don't even know what. Honestly, like I said, guys, could be the cold medicine talking today. But in my mind, this seems very clear. How about yours, Julie? (laughs) Julie? Oh, no, she hung up on me. She went to Premier Coaching. (laughs) So anyway, guys, if this show sounds a little hazy, it's because Julie and I are in DayQuil. That's the price you pay for having coaches that do what they don't want to do when they don't want to do at the highest level, including be sick. But if this resonated with any of you guys, if this makes sense at all, um, share with us your thoughts. Tim at tim, tim at tim and dot com or julie at tim and dot com. And also remember, guys, if you need a free coaching call, which all of you will, um, especially as you're trying to translate today's podcast, please go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, dot free We've really enhanced that um, site. Uh, our uh, marketing guy has been working on it for the last three weeks. It's really fantastic now. You can actually click a button and speak directly with one of our new member coaches. And we're also including a whole new um, library of books. So we've created a bunch of new digital books that you guys are going to get after you have your new member coaching call. Um, so it's, we're proud of it. So check it out, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. In the meantime, if you guys need us for anything, it's Tim at Harris.com or Julie at Com. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching.